Okay, good morning. Um, it's really a, our, we love you guys here. You know, North Jersey, Long Island, we're all the same. It's, you know, <laughs> so it's like being our home church. Uh, uh, it's good to see you all, and uh, let's just pray before we start. <clears throat> our Father in heaven, we thank you that we can gather as your people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've promised us that where two or three are gathered in your name, you're with us. Holy Spirit, we are grateful that you are in the, our hearts as your believer, as your people, and in our presence corporately as uh, the church. We pray that you would bless our time together. Help me as I give a report to the brothers and sisters here. We certainly thank you for them, Father, and we pray your blessing upon them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, we have some video and some pictures. Everybody always likes that, and it does help kind of ground, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. <clears throat> uh, so what I'm going to try, I was told till 1030, just to give a, a brief uh, report, and, you know, 15 minutes is pretty brief. Uh, the, I'll show the video clips and the pictures and make a few comments, and then I'll give maybe 15 minutes for questions. Okay, I know it's kind of compact, but, you know, hey, about the best we can do, I guess. Uh, we have been in New Guinea for the past three years, 2019, all of, all of 2019, all of 2020, and we just got back the uh, beginning, the end of October 2021. So basically, we were gone three years. So the last time we saw you guys was in 2018, four years ago. Uh, during this last term, uh, you all know about Charles Retina thing. That was obviously a great thing. We appreciate your prayers, et cetera. Uh, and we certainly appreciate your support. You guys are a huge help to us. Um, we baptized three people. Uh, when we got back November of 2019, we put the word out to the believers who had been previously baptized. Did they know of anybody? Real quick, yeah. your videos have sound? Yes. Okay. Um, when we got back in 2019, we put the word out among the believers. Is there anybody who has professed faith uh, recently? And uh, three people were, they told us about three people. We interviewed them, uh, Cheryl and I, with the other believers. You see, in the beginning, the first people, we had to do kind of the interviewing. There was nobody else. Well, now the second, uh, they were able to help with the interview. Interview, you know, we talked with them. Okay. Uh, let's some point let's do it right now if anybody doesn't get our newsletter please and you'd like to get it uh, email and name on that just pass it around and just get it to us at the end <clears throat> so we interviewed these three people and uh, actually there were four one of the ladies we said there we all knew she wasn't a believer but she was the wife of one of the believers so he was kind of stuck in the middle and we you know but it was clear she wasn't a believer uh, so we baptized the other three you'll see some pictures about that we also did a heck of a lot of printing and distributing of scripture. As you get, as you learn the language better and better, uh, you know, your translation goes much faster. It's, your first drafts are, e are better, so your revisions are be less to do. It just goes faster and faster. <clears throat> um, and just, um, people often ask, are you fluent in the language? We are fluent, but we don't speak like a native. I always joke, I speak Angave with a North Jersey accent. Um, putting the accent aside, our vocabulary isn't as 
full out as theirs is, obviously. And our sentence structure sometimes can be a little off. Anybody with uh, like immigrant grandparents, my grandparents were immigrants, Italian immigrants. The one fam my one grandparent spoke English real well. The other ones used basically the right words, but the, you had to kind of re-un-Italianize the sentence structure and get it into English. Sometimes we're a little bit like that. Uh, but we can speak to any person at any time about any subject. So in that sense, I say we're fluent, more than fluent. We printed and distributed, distributed uh, Luke. These books are on the back now. You'll see everything that we've done up to date on that back table. Uh, Luke, that's one book. Another book is 1 Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians, Philemon, James, 1 and 2 Peter, and Jude. That's a set, another book. We do small books, like individual books, right, as we go. So we translate and we print and distribute it right away. Uh, Daniel, Psalm 90 and 91, Isaiah 53, Ezekiel 37, that's the dead bones. And Leviticus 1, it gave an overview of sacrifice in a general sense. That's another book, John and Colossians. We revised all of our previous Old Testament stuff, which was Genesis, Exodus, part of Joshua, Ruth, Jonah, I think that was it. And, re, you know, re, did a quick revision on it and consolidated that all into one book. Uh, and then we did a creed, we revised the creed catechism book. So we've translated the Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, Athanasian Creed, uh, two catechisms, one uh, a simpler catechism, one a bit more detailed for the, uh, the church leaders. Uh, what else? Um, at this point, all of the, everything is in at least first draft. These books here are the ones that we need to finish and then we can go back and revise everything, everything to print in one final book form. So these are the things that are still hanging. Uh, they're in various stages of revision. Uh, the the uh, sections on Elijah and Elisha, we did those. You see, there, there's a lot there, uh, especially for pagan animistic type people, a lot. Uh, Esther, Esther's a great book. I have a book written... Um, a guy named Carson, not the D.H. Carson today, a guy from like the 1800s. Confidence in God in times of trouble. I've read it three times. It is great. Well, the Angave people experience trouble. So a book like Esther showing the sovereignty of God, you know, Ahasuerus wakes up in the middle of the night. He doesn't want to, what does he do? He has somebody come and read the King Chronicles. You know, it's those type of things, God's hand intervening in life is very good for them, us too. Proverbs, Matthew, Romans, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, and 1 and 2 Thessalonians. Man, if we could finish those up this next term, that would be great, and then start the revision process. Um, so in, in spite of COVID, the New Guinea government locked down everything. Domestic travel was a nightmare. We actually got a lot done. We spent a lot of time in the village. We were able to get a lot done. Um, <clears throat> So now we have, okay, just a little bit of a step back, a little bit of history in case some of you don't kind of remember everything, which is understandable. Uh, we first entered Angave land in 2000. It took me a few months to build the house. Then we moved in. Um, and so we've been there tw over 20 years at this point. When we first got there, there was not one Christian. <clears throat> the 
pagan darkness was palpable. I mean, it was, you know, it was like going in, it was, it was palpable, you know, like this idea you could feel it. Uh, so initially, probably the first 15 years of our time there was geared mainly to evangelism because there are no Christians <clears throat> and language learning, early translation, and we were, you know, working through all those things simultaneously. Say up to about 2015. At that point, we had some people profess to be saved who we baptized. <clears throat> that you would have seen the, the, the last video when we were home in 2018. So as, now things morph, you know, right? I turned 65 uh, a few weeks ago. Cheryl and I are not going to live forever. This doesn't mean we're retiring next week. But as missionaries, we're the messengers bringing the gospel to these people. We're not going to be there babysitting for them till the Lord Jesus comes back. <laughs> okay? So I don't pastor either church. I obviously do a ton of preaching. So we, in about 2015 or so, we started pulling back from active involvement in evangelism and we start encouraging the believers to evangelize themselves, uh, the, the believers to take evangelism to other villages. Silas and Jordan, who are the two leaders of the churches, there are now two churches, one in our village, one in a village about three hours away. Silas leads the village church three hours away. That's where he lives. He'd be like, he lives in, you know, here in Quorum, so he leads the Quorum church. Uh, Jordan lives in our village, so he leads that church. Silas started evangelizing a village a few hours away from him where he has relatives. Jordan started evangelizing a village a few hours away in like kind of the opposite direction where he has relatives. And things are happening there. Nobody's saved yet, as far as we know. But the three people that we baptized in 2019, two of them are definitely second-generation Christians. One was saved under Silas's ministry. A very old man, you'll see a picture of him, and the other woman who was saved under Jordan's ministry at the village where we live. I mean, guys, you can hardly understand what it means to Cheryl and I. It was, I mean, it was only 20 years ago. You know, it's not really that long, okay? Um, you know, for some of you guys, it's 20 years is a long time. For others of us, 20 years is like this. We got there, there was not one Christian. Now there's two churches, eight people baptized, some of them second generations, saved under the ministry of Angave people. That's why we went there, and we're, we're, we're seeing it happen, and you guys are a huge part of that. Your prayers are effectual to prosper the gospel work. It's not just missionary salesmanship. It's true. The Bible tells us time and time again. I mean, I could preach a sermon. How many times does Paul say, pray for us? Your prayers are effectual. Your prayers are mighty. You know, that, I, okay, I can't preach the sermon on that. <laughs> <clears throat> so in, okay, the point of what I was saying is that even though we're the mouthpiece, on the ground, front line kind of things, you guys, Cat, William Carey's rope holder thing, it's true. And your prayers are how you do it. Okay, we need the financial support. That's great. Your prayers are mighty. Don't discount one over the other. They, go, they work in tandem. <clears throat> So what we're, Cheryl and I are doing now, as we've kind of pulled back a little bit from active evangelism, the Christians themselves are evangelizing. They're witnessing to their family members. We all know that, you know, unsafe family. I mean, remember, there's only eight of them, <laughs> okay? Eight of them among 4,000-some-odd Angave people. So they're witnessing to their family members, and we've pulled back a bit. 
we're putting a huge push on to translation to finish it up. And it does go faster, so we're, you know, we're going good. Translation's going very well. I still preach seven times a week. Um, somewhere from a lengthy Bible study to a full, what you might call, you know, like a preaching type service, uh, but seven times. The main goal now <clears throat> in my preaching, well, yeah, the main goal would be the church people. Grounding them more and more because they have tons of scripture, they're reading it, or some of them who can't read, like some of the older folks, they, they can't read. We have um, MP3 player things, uh, which I think you guys helped us out with those. Man, it's probably 10 years ago now. Um, you know, so they listen to it, teaching them verse by verse what it means, and then a few days a week I do evangelistic things uh, for people who come to our house to do work around our yard, like cut the grass, cut firewood, things like that. We have an evangelistic meeting. So we're, you know, we're still doing that. Probably, though, our main thing is the church people at this point. Yes? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I thought you said, okay. <laughs> um, Cheryl, is there anything that I should say that I maybe have missed in this little recap? No? Okay. Okay, then let me show the, the video clips and the pictures I'll try to limit that to, you know, like 15 minutes, and that'll give you a bit more. You guys know a fair bit about the work. You know, we've been here a number of times. So, you, you know, this is not going to be like brand new. Brand new situations are a little harder because people, you know, it's like, where is this coming from? It's kind of hard. You guys are a little bit more in tune. Um, and then that'll give us a good 15 minutes for questions and such. Oh, I need the flash drive back. Oh, you're going to do it there? Perfect. I love it. Okay, perfect. Just p p do the videos first, I guess. I turned my computer off. Okay. Yeah. You guys are all back, back row Baptists. Everybody's in the back. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'll come more toward you. <laughs> just the one that says video? Okay, Cheryl, which one? Just the... All of them. All of them? Okay. So just start at the top and... The, is there any order? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, just... Uh, um... Just go from the top down. They're only a, a minute or so each one. Okay, this is communion after the baptism in 2019. That's Jordan there. See, some people might eat it all together, but it doesn't matter. It's from the same bread, that's the point. Uh, we use a Kool-Aid type of thing. Somebody asked what do you use for the, the wine, the drink. It's like a Kool-Aid thing. And the people around the perimeter, those are all unbelievers watching, you know, but also realizing, and I, we said something to them, and said, you're on the outside. 
What? This is me preaching at, I forget where. Uh, one At somebody's house, I guess it would be. Oh, at our house. That's in our yard. That's Silas on the side there. Uh, the question I asked is, when Jesus comes back, why will he come back? Like the second time, why will he come back? And Silas said, to judge. Uh, I don't remember what I was preaching on. Okay, this is Cheryl working with one of the Christian men. His name is Luke. They like Western names. They have their traditional names. And she's going over Matthew. This is our village house. Yeah, sure. Are those older ones too? Okay. Yeah, try all. You'll see that on the back table there. Um, arrays, uh, taking the printed pages and separating them into books, into individual books. Then he staples them with our big heavy-duty stapler over here. And puts them over there for me, and I put the bindings on them. <laughs> oh, those are all finished ones. Okay. Yeah, a bunch of finished ones ready to be stapled. We do like a hundred books at a time. <clears throat> this is our where we do a group check. It's like the final check with native speakers.
Uh, we did the book of Job also. Like an abridgment of it. Nobody speaks English. Um, some of the kids who've gone to school, uh, that's not really 100%. They, they speak English, uh, but if you went there and tried to speak with them, putting aside pronunciation, you couldn't really hold a conversation with them. Yeah, no, we, everything we do <coughs> with the people is in the tribal language. Yeah, the English was between Cheryl and I. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the thing where Cheryl's doing in the book of Matthew, <coughs> uh, where Luke, he thought the verse said, the hairs, of your, the hairs on your head have been counted. Okay? And so he wants, he, Cheryl had what she had. He, she read it to him. And he goes, no, no, no. It's God's counted the hairs on your head. And Cheryl said, no, it's not that he's counted. He previously determined that Ray Gibello is going to have X number of hairs. So he, so she, I forget if what you had was correct or not, but when she was reading through, he thought it was supposed to say A. She had to explain to him, no, it doesn't say A. It's supposed to actually say B. So what I've written for B is that correct? See, it's all in the language. It'd be no different than me uh, say I know something, uh, I know how to do something, I don't know, make carve or something, wood carving, and you don't. So now I'm trying to explain to you something you really don't understand. That's where we are. So we have to kind of teach, explain what the verse says, come from a few directions, and then get a little bit more succinct. Cheryl and I.
Uh, here's Cheryl doing some medical work. That's our, again our front yard. We're not doctors. We've self-taught. <laughs> I think that's, is that it? Okay, that's it. Okay, now if you could go up to the uh, pit photos and just, you know, yeah, we'll do one photo at a time, I guess. Oh, okay, that's our family. That's our kids and our grandkids. Uh, there might be one or two missing. One missing, okay. Now, <clears throat> this is our fault. We've confused a number of people when we talk about our houses or where we are. Bu'u is the name of the village where we live. It's in Angave land, Bu'u. This is the house that is in the, the Bu'u village. I built this house. We had to fly everything in um, on uh, missionary planes and everything else. Okay. Then we, so we talk about the village or Bu'u or being in Angave. That's all the same location. Town or the Wycliffe Center is where we go to get supplies. We're usually in at Bu'u for like two and a half, three months, and then we'll go out to town, the Wycliffe base, for about a month to get supplies and everything. That's our general schedule, three months in the village. Village, Bu'u, again, same thing, even I changed the word again. Uh, and then a, a month out in town. So this is our village house. Okay, next one. This is the house at the Wycliffe Center that somebody gave to us. Now, we are not Wycliffe. We're not with Wycliffe. We're independent. But they do allow some non-Wycliffe missionaries to live on their base. So we own the house. We don't own the land or anything. It's, you know, one of those type of deals. Uh, okay, that's a... a At the Wycliffe base. About 45 minutes by a single engine plane. Okay, now this is back in our village house. Those are the books that we've translated. Uh, you're, now you're looking at that same kitchen table but going the other way toward the kitchen. Some people think the house is beautiful because they had certain expectations. Other people think it's a disaster because they had other expectations. It depends on your expectation. Uh, and this, okay. Uh, that's a spider that the kid will eat. Oh, yeah, they eat bugs. Bugs are 100% protein. They're very healthy. Yeah, meat. Edible. Uh, the kitchen table. I'm working with that fella. Uh, again, the kitchen table. We do our, all our work. That's our desk. Uh, Cheryl's working with those two guys. Okay, 
This is back at the Wycliffe Center. This was during a COVID thing. We were having a church meeting on our porch when they wouldn't allow, the government would not allow, the PNG government would not allow people more than whatever to meet. So there were little house meetings going around. We had one on our porch. Uh, okay, this is baptizing Luke in 2019. The woman on the side, her name is Miriam. She was baptized in 2000, whatever the other one was. And the fella toward us with his back to us is Silas. He was also baptized when Miriam was. Okay, now these are all of the baptized people. So starting with Silas on the blue, you have Silas. The old guy, I'll come back to him in a minute. Just behind, next to him is Luke. The bald-headed guy in the front is Jordan. The lady in the back is Caroline. She's a widow. Coming again toward us is, uh, her name is Ruth. They say Tutti. The lady holding the hat, her name is Kanabi, which means little sister. And then Miriam behind her. The old guy, Jameson. I mean, he's a second generation. He was saved under Silas. Okay, he's standing next to me there. He was saved under Silas's ministry. His testimony, we gave the, the people as they were going to be baptized a chance to say something publicly. Four sentences. I was an evil man. I met Jesus. Maybe he said he met me. I forget. He changed me. I'm ready to die. He was an evil man. He was a wicked man. In demonic stuff, in just a, uh, antagonistic, and an adversary to the gospel, etc., etc. Got to be 10 years ago, he bought one of those little MP3 players. I came in and told Shaw, I said, he wanted an MP3 player. It was crazy. And the Lord saved him. Now, I don't th the Lempy 3 player, he was saved under Silas's ministry. The Lord probably stirred him up. He starts going to the meetings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, th so these are the three people that, wait, what is this other? That's the second generation. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, I missed it. Jameson is saved under Silas's ministry, the two guys closest to me. Tutti, she saved under Jordan's ministry. That's the lady on the side. Yeah, I mean, guys, this is great. Okay, the next picture. Uh, okay, this is out at the Wycliffe base again. And we're checking. I honestly forget what we're checking. That's the kitchen table at the Wycliffe Center. The lady who's looking at us with the green shirt, she's a Wycliffe translator who's also a consultant. She's a Dutch lady. And she was just going over some stuff with us. And you have Silas, again, in the back. And the guy real close to us, his name is Otto. He's not a believer. He is very faithful. It'd be, it'd be sad if the Lord doesn't save him. Um, I mean, but he's not a Christian at this point. He's a cut-up, too. He's a, he's a blast to be with. Okay, this is an interesting picture. About a month before we left, a murder occurred. The only murder that's ever occurred while we've been there in 22 years now, right? A guy was axed with an axe. They chopped him up, right? Murder. So they asked me to write a letter to the police, the Royal Papua New Guinea Constable area. That's two days walk away. Expl I explained what happened. Things changed. They took pictures of the, with their cell phone <laughs> of the murdered man. 
I printed them out and said, here's the guy, you know, right? Because in the tropics, you got to bury. They can't keep the corpse around. You know, there's no refrigeration. After two, three days, the bodies stink. So I, I said, here, you know, right? And we, you know, the ax wounds. I said, you've got to send some policemen down. I said, this is, I said, this is a bad thing, you know, right? Okay. So they sent down this fella here with his gun. He's one of the national policemen. And then there were two or three others. And the two guys sitting with their hands behind their back, those were the two suspects. And they are interrogating them, trying to figure out actually what happened. I mean, you know, let's face it, nobody comes up and said, yep, that was me who chopped them in the head. So, you know, but it's kind of an interesting picture. Oh, and that's our airstrip where we, the plane comes and goes. Did they solve it right? We don't know. We, we, are, we had to fly out. This happened like, okay. Yeah, like we flew out of the village maybe the first week in October. This happened maybe the last week or third week of September. So we don't know what happened. We will find out. Uh, I think this might be the last picture, but anyway. Okay. Okay, we didn't do bad. Um, the pictures do help, I think, a little bit. We got 10 minutes. If we steal a little bit, we have 15 uh, questions. Yeah, shoot. And I get them all the time, so forgive me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I am amazed by this. And I already told Carol, your newsletters are greatly encouraging. Uh, I really look forward to seeing Oh, thank you. When Cheryl writes them. She does a great job. Yeah, I'm, I tell her all the time she does a great job. When, when you bring this into perspective, and, and you, look like, you look at what God has accomplished through your ministry, uh, we shouldn't be amazed, but we are. Yeah, yeah. And then when we look at us around here, you know, in Corum, and all that God has given us and blessed us with, it, in a good way, it chains us to uh, understand that we need to be doing more, right? Because we have so much more given to us. Uh, it, it, I, I don't want to say it's an easier task, but it, it sure seems like Yep, absolutely. And uh, yet God, sovereign as he is, takes this and turns it on its head yep. and saves believers, those who have mm -hmm. ears to hear. And it's, you know, for what that's worth uh, yeah. is, is such a glorious thing. It is so humbling to Cheryl and I because everything you said is so true. Okay, we live the book of Acts. If you read the book of Acts, the first part is, you know, like with the early church in Jerusalem and such, but the second half with Paul's ministry he went to every place he went to. Yeah, there was a little, the Jewish part, but the pagan part was exactly what we do, and we have seen it. So, yeah, uh, and it's been very humbling because, like I said, we're just two people from northern Jersey. We are nothing special, and God's used us. Yeah, John. Right. Not really. Um, the, we, when he was threatening to kill me, burn our house down and everything, I wrote to the police at that same government station. Uh, they, know who, they know who we are. I mean, this is not, you know, I mean, okay. 
So I wrote and I said, you know, look, this guy's threatened to kill me five times over the course of a year and a half. So it wasn't just, you know, some fly off the handle, threatened to burn the house down, et cetera. I said, you got to send some policemen down to deal with him. They sent some policemen down. He ran away literally that morning. Um, you know, so as he sees the, hears them coming over the trail, he scoots out. He's never come back. Um, it was interesting and in not a good way when it was happening. Um, so for now, like a year and a half, two years, he, had, we, he was back one night, secretly came back. We think he came back to get money at, that he had hidden in his garden. Okay, but nobody knows. He showed up in the late afternoon. Some people came and said, hey, he's here. I said, great, we'll send the police up, you know, people up to get the police. And he was gone, but, but they break the next day. So it's not resolved. When you say you write to the police, is that through an email? No, a, a written letter. A physical letter? A physical letter. No, no, two days. two days. They can make it in two days, yeah. So I write the letter, print it out on my printer. You know, hi, it's Ray from Boo. You know, this is da 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 da, I, and I give it to people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it, uh, yes, yes, okay. Interesting question. Um, well, I was preaching and that kind of stuff, so that's put that off to the side. Probably, is, are you thinking of translations? Just, I don't want to. Are you think? What are you thinking of? Okay, um, over the years I'd renovated one or two houses. I was in my previous life, I was in commercial construction. I was a guy working in the office pushing the pencil, but I mean, I knew how to build buildings. Um, you know, I don't hammer straight, but I was able to build a building. Um, you know, I read about the electricity and all that. That was not that big a deal. Moving to another country, if anybody's moved a fair distance in America, it's hard, but you pack the boxes, you send them to the shipping agent, and they show up, you know. Um, Translation, we, we had to learn translation principles. A lot of it is your theological perspective. Uh, if you want to translate, if you want to take a living Bible and translate the living Bible, okay, that skill set isn't really that hard maybe. If you're going to be a bit more concerned to be accurate to the Greek, Hebrew, which we're not real good in either of those, but that requires you to learn other skill sets. Um, translation, a lot of it is theological. Um, it's an art and a science, you know, there's a little, you know, all language, words aren't 100% equivalent. Their language is like so different than English or Greek. Uh, you, I mean, it's, it's constructed different. Their word things are different. Um, you kind of learn as you go. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Uh, yes? Yeah, okay. Right. <coughs> Grass huts, yeah. Close physically, distance? Okay. Uh, okay. Two days away. 
Yeah. Two days, two eight-hour days. So they walk. There are, there are no roads. They, the two guys I give the letter to, they walk for two days. They get to the police, and the police walk back. Okay, so it's a four-day turnaround. Okay, anything else with your question? Okay. Okay, what? Okay, uh, we live right in the middle of a village. We live right in the middle of a village, but the Angave people don't live in a village like you think of the African village where everybody's like real, real close. They're fairly spread out in little hamlets. We can see two or three of our neighbors, and some are just across the airstrip. If we shouted, you know, come down, somebody would hear us and come down, that kind of a thing. Um, our house is not as nice as the houses that the police live at in at the government station. I purposely made it to be a little less than their house so that it wouldn't stand out. But to be honest, if you like we drink the rainwater that comes off the metal roof and goes into a tank. If you don't, you have to carry water. Well, no, nobody, you guys didn't, don't support us. Other churches don't support us. To, for me to chop firewood, for us to go cart and water, you sent us there to do the Lord's work. So you try to make your house as livable as possible without being ostentatious <laughs> relative to the culture. I think we've done a pretty good job at it. Our kitchen thing is not as nice as the police station houses that they would see when they go to the, to the government station. Um, was there anything else in your question? Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. They live in grass huts. Oh, yeah, we live within, you know, just across the street. There's a few. And then some are a little bit over there. The whole community. Uh, okay. The Angave people are about 4,500 people, and they live in like seven, eight, nine communities. So you're talking a few hundred people per community. There's about 500 people in the Bu'u community, roughly. We've never counted. And they're scattered. Uh, they could, they like their houses. Don't think that, you know, they could build a little bit of a better house if they like, but they, it's their house. That's, I mean, that's just, Angave people live in this kind of a house. They wouldn't even think of building a different house. Okay, you had another? Yeah, I, I was, uh, with regard to translation, mm -hmm. how do you deal with the idioms? Okay, first off, all languages idioms. Um, <clears throat> give me an example so that I'm not. Well, like for us, cat, rain, cats, and dogs, you know. Okay. Um, okay, an idiom like that, an idiom by definition can't be translated word for word because the words don't mean what the words say. Exactly. Raining cats and dogs, if you translate that, doesn't mean that. That means it rained a lot. They have a way of saying it's heavy rain. Okay. <clears throat> um, equivalence in translation is the key thing. Literal equivalent, dynamic equivalent, Word-for-word word equivalent, those are all different things. We fall into the, what's called the literal equivalent, which is what the ESV basically does. So, when it says, now a literal equivalent person, when it says rains, cats, and dogs, will write rains, cats, and dogs, because that's what the Greek words say, and they'll say, and we'll just teach it. Sounds good, that, I, we don't follow that. So, for, we would use literal equivalent, Make it at, and say it rained. I don't think they have. They don't have. A, I don't know of any idiom. They would just say big rain. They use the word big, big rain. Okay, bird of big rain. Um, a dynamic equivalent now kind of forgets what the Greek words are and says, uh, I don't know, a downpour, something like that. They go a little bit more loose. Kind of think go more toward living Bible. 
were in that center section like the ESV uses now. Yes, John. Yes, 100% agricultural. 100%. A little bit, yeah. And they have re relatives, you know, like reciprocal within their family. Uh, they can, they don't, don't think the way we uh, farm here in America. They live in a greenhouse, not literally, but you know, right? And they go to their garden every day. They're 375, uh, 375. <laughs> Unbelievable. 365 days a year, stuff grows. So it's a little bit different than we're like in New Jersey. Uh, okay, he was first, got to be fair. Can't pull rank. Correct. And my question is, um, you have other resources, other people. Like, so you also commented that there was a consultant who was Dutch. Right. Um, are there other people that you would consider resources for that exegetical conversation, right? Like, you need to match somewhat theologically to do that, right? So, like, you have the Wycliffe people, but do you... Are you in line with them theologically that you could go to them for resources for that exegetical portion of the translation, or uh, some yeah, some people yes, some people no. Okay, I mean just like every pastor doesn't think the same, you know. Okay, and we you kind of feel each other out. You know, who, after all these years, we know who we can. Okay, we have a ton of books. We have a ton of books. In fact, we have more. I mean, are we are we easily have as many books as you guys have here um, for the exegetical things. Yes. So, was, was there a ministry in Haiti already, or did you go there, and how did you establish something when there was a ministry? Did you that area and say, oh, we're going to build a house, we're going to buy property? How did that work? Okay. Um, Wycliffe had had a translation team in there in 1978, and they actually did a New Testament. So, uh, you were a little wrong when you said they, okay. But the translation was a bad translation. We were, so when we went back to New Guinea in 1999, we'd been there in the early 80s, okay? We, then we were home for a number of years. When we went back in 99, I went and talked to the Wycliffe people and said to the director, we'd like to go to an area where your people have either finished the translation or have stopped, and we're not, but a place where you're never going back. I had this place, it was the language area. Angave people was recommended to us by uh, two Wycliffe people when I went there, there was no mission presence, no evangelical. There was a little SDA, Seventh-day Adventist thing, uh, meeting house, and a little Roman Catholic thing. Now, whatever you, you guys, whatever your opinions are of Seventh-day Adventists here in America, Papua New Guinea Seventh-day Adventism is from Australia, and it is not evangelical at all. So there was no mission work there at all. I went to visit. I saw that there was nothing. The Wycliffe thing of they were never coming back, and we went there. Um, we've got like one minute because we've already gone five minutes over. Uh, we worked out land with the local landowner. I built a house. Oh, and then you just start preaching. You said they know what they know. They knew more or less why we were there. We rent the land, and we just started preaching. I did a lot of preaching in Genesis one to four, and then explained about Jesus and stuff like that. Um, Okay, you are absolutely the last person. Yeah. Um, just thank you for everything. Uh, thank you for fulfilling this great commission and making disciples, attending to the physical needs as well as the spiritual needs. 
I just want to ask, like, yeah, sure. specifically crates and like what, what do you guys use? Okay. Obviously, missionaries always say they want, they need more support, right? I mean, okay. I need workers. We need people to join us. Yeah, I, we, it's nice. We have great health. We are healthy as horses, okay? That's great. Protection's nice. All these things are terrific. We need workers. That's what I'm going to preach on this morning. So you're going to get a 45-minute answer kind of thing <laughs> this morning, okay? But that is the need we have, workers. Okay. I'll pray. Okay. Our Father, we uh, thank you that we could be together like this. Father, Cheryl, and I thank you for these folks here at Hope. Uh, they're standing with us in the gospel work, in your work of building your kingdom. And I pray your blessing upon them, uh, that they will indeed be a lighthouse here uh, in this quorum area, this neighborhood. We pray that you give them wisdom, Father, zeal, uh, as they seek to evangelize around them. And Father, as we gather together in a little bit for uh, the worship service, I pray your blessing upon that. Uh, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are king of the universe and you're building your church. We pray this in your name. Amen.